Welcome to Real Estate and Coffee. My name is Joel Arndt. Today is Saturday, November 2nd, 2019. Here is a real estate conversation while you enjoy your Saturday morning coffee. This convo is with Timo Cruz. He founded Leafbox Concepts, where he would upcycle used or surplus cargo containers, shipping containers, for pop-up retail um, spots, uh, event promo stuff, uh, some really cool concepts that you can see on the website. And you've probably seen a lot of, if you live in Hamilton, you've probably seen Leafbox's concepts at work at Supercrawl and on Barton Street and at a bunch of other demonstrations. So check out their website, leafboxconcepts.ca, and you can see what he's done with that. Recently, Timo took on as well, also as well as being as running Leafbox, he took on a role with Ellis Don, a construction company. He now coordinates their prefabrication and modular construction division and has been heading up a bunch of projects that essentially a bunch of construction projects that will be built in a factory and assembled for the almost entirely assembled or you know partially assembled into pieces and sent out to the job site where it's essentially just put together. He uh, envisions some real applications right now in hospitality, hotel with hotels. He could see the implications of this prefabrication and modular construction idea. He could see how it would solve some affordable housing issues. And this is just scratching the surface. So, Listen in to this conversation, my conversation with Timo. And if you have any further questions or if you want to research him a little bit more, he gives out some of his contact info at the end of our conversation. And I'll have something for you particularly at the end as a sign-off. So without further delay, I give you Temo Cruz. Hi, Temo. Okay, so first of all, can you uh, give us a brief introduction of your history and where you're at now? Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for the, the invitation to um, you, you know, this opportunity to come and talk about the, the modular, um, you know, opportunities that we have in Canada. Um, and, and given that uh, that topic, I am coming uh, from a modular uh, venture that I led called Leafbox Concepts, uh, where we take uh, modular container units um, and we upcycle them into uh, rentable retail and event spaces for uh, different brands at different activations and festivals. 
Uh, and that's a space that uh, I was coming from. And now my current role, I'm uh, developing um, LS Don's uh, emerging prefabrication and uh, modular division. And uh, that's where I'm at currently. And uh, yeah, very excited to uh, just give my insights um, into into your, into this topic. Mm-hmm. So now you have an architecture background, right? Yeah, correct. So I do have uh, five years of architectural training un- under my belt, uh, and then another six years of working uh, in the field with different uh, architectural, engineering, construction firms. And Leaf, where did Leafbox come from? Like, what led you to that? Yeah, so that uh, social venture was uh, founded uh, back in 2017, uh, based on my thesis in architecture school, where uh, I had to research and uh, you know prove a hypothesis of whether or not uh, these containers had uh, economic impact. Uh, and I believe I believe uh, you know I had I made I had thought, uh we we you know activated different nonprofits we've supported um, you know the YWCA and their their uh, you know local entrepreneur initiatives um, we you know provided a platform for um, you know entrepreneurs to go and uh, make an impact in, in their communities. So one of the things that stuck out to me was 100% solar powered and. And there was a bit of a, a connection into, I'm assuming it's a connection. So in your um, LinkedIn profile and the description of your role at Ellis Dawn now, it's mm-hmm. clean tech, emerging clean tech. Is that is that solar? Is there more to that? Yeah. So th- that social venture lead box is, is the main pillar is the environmental aspect of it where, you know, every container concept uh, rolled out into you know the under the leaf box brand would be uh, a clean tech concept cool. uh, so whether we're incorporating you know uh, solar panels or we're incorporating uh, battery storage or incorporating some new internet of things devices that are uh, you know getting ready to revolutionize the way that uh, the built environment interacts and communicates with with humans and how that interacts with structures one being containers right um, mm-hmm. And then you know some some new blockchain technologies uh, that I'm researching as well. Um, it, it's all emerging, and it's uh, it's better to get be on on the on the front end of of these emerging technologies and be on the back end and, and be pretty much um, uh, swept under the rug and 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 be too late to to capitalize on it. Yeah. So can you talk about? Uh, prefabrication and mod- modular coordination. So, is this basically taking Leafbox as you've been doing it, putting it under the Ellis Dawn umbrella, and continuing to do what you do, or is it expanding? Um, I I wouldn't say that it's uh, in, in let's say under underneath the the Ellis Dawn uh, umbrella. It's more of a my, my uh, you know personal private. A social venture mm-hmm. um, that gave me the experience in the modular container space to then uh, have a great experience and insight into this industry, and then apply that that knowledge into uh, what what Don is cooking up here with with their prefab uh, division. Can you kind of paint a picture for me from of what Don is cooking up, like what the end product would look like? Yeah, so just to kind of give you some broad brushstrokes and paint that image. Uh, it would be uh, a modular, purpose-built uh, containers 
that are much larger and much um, stronger, and you can go much higher with these uh, modular units, uh, allowing you to, you know, reach up to 20 stories versus, um, you know, conventional uh, ISO containers, which with the space that I was coming from, mm-hmm. um, those ones you have a, a certain height restriction and you know capacity of height that you can go to. Um, but with these purpose-built, pre-engineered, uh, proprietary containers um, that that are being uh, produced in, in facilities, um, then then you can reach these these savings and these these efficiencies uh, to to go higher, go stronger, and all the other points that I mentioned. So is this largely residential, or is this more for commercial? It's uh, it's got many different sectors. So yeah, one of course is is the residential, uh, one being affordable housing, uh, to student housing, to um, you know different types of commercial applications, to offices, to maybe data centers, to um, you know anything that is um, let's say uh, re- repeatable modular units uh, another big one is hospitality the hotel industry is mm. you know mainly they're they're repeatable uh, copy and paste floor plates and these floor plates can then be divided up into modular units uh, and assembled pretty much like lego on site um, and uh, it's very exciting to to be part of uh, the, this emerging division and how they can be applied to so many different uh, sectors and, and solve many problems um, and the ma- major value props for, for for example, hospitality is they need to have uh, speed to to market. Right, is a, is a major concern for these developers and um, th- different hotel chains because the faster they get these units up and going, the faster they get the revenue up and going as well. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and that's another uh, you know large um, uh, decision why why modularity is growing uh, with hospitality uh, and also. Uh, housing the so essentially a, a, a developer could say okay we have this land that's been zoned and permitted for whatever whether it be hospitality building or uh, a residential development and instead of using traditional you know two by fours and whatever else um drywall and stuff we're yeah, going conventional to... construction is totally you know upgraded 2.0 with uh with modular because you have the the speed the quality the the efficiency of building everything uh in, in a controlled environment and not having to deal with the weather conditions right having to wait for construction uh, crews to warm up and uh waiting for equipment to warm up as well and during these winter Canadian months that we have. So it's assembly line housing. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yes. Uh, and and I, I remember seeing some pictures um, of some concepts in the States uh, doing that kind of thing. It always interested in, in, and intrigued me. And I think the personally reason, like, why it stands out to me is, like you already said, the speed to market. If we want to cover the demand, um, feed the demand that's uh, coming into Ontario, particularly, I think this is this would be a very it's going to be a very fun solution to watch. Yeah, um, especially with affordable housing, is yes. uh, we are far behind the the let's say the backlog of uh, the units that are required right now. But yeah, sorry, you can carry on now. No, it's right though, but it's so true. And I think like the the quicker you can get something cheaper to market, and of course 
so it's now you've got this trifecta you've got the trifecta in play that, that classic business triangle you can either have there it there, there are three qualities here um or elements quality uh cost effective and uh quick you can have two you can only ever have two but not all three mm-hmm. so if this mm-hmm. is cost effective and quick what's the quality like if not even the, the the strongest value prop because then you have quality assurance and quality control in the factories you don't technically you don't have that on on site where you know once the trades are in yeah you have your commissioning and your punch list but not to the same level in, in a factory setting you know we're, we're essentially replicating what the automotive industry has done in their qa qqc process to to module units and, and buildings that are of superior um, you know, built quality that, 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 that will last and, you know, will, will be resilient in these, you know, coming years of uh, climate change, uh, you know, weather patterns that we're going to see. So is, what would the cost be like? Let's say, let's say uh, uh, a two-story, um, 3,000 square foot home. I don't even know why I'm using that as an example. That's massive. Let's say, <laughs> let's, let, let, let's say a one-story, you know, 1200 square foot or 1000 square foot home um mm-hmm. what would be the cost comparison to building it tradition like how every other house is built right now versus prefab modular right well you know that's a that's a good example um but there's a lot of factors to come into place um but typically you know we have done studies and we've done um the the, the cost benefits and you know, all the economic calculations that uh that that proves that uh, building modular typically saves five to ten percent uh, compared to conventional mm-hmm. construction. So whether it be you know wood frame or uh, poured in place concrete, um, the modular aspect of it it shaves off five to ten percent. Mm-hmm. And then the major savings comes in the construction, the speed to market that I mentioned before. It's, up, it's upwards to almost fifty percent uh, time savings, right? So if you have a mm-hmm. two-year project. You have the potential to shave it to one year if you do a lot of the front end design uh, in place, and mm-hmm. you know, God forbid, there's more change orders during the during the fabrication process because that's just going to bottleneck it. But typically, another 40 to 50 percent of time reduction savings would happen, uh, and then you you couple that with the cost savings, another five to ten, and then you throw in the superior quality. Um, it's it's a trifecta. So the you know, I was just reading, oh, who was it? <laughs> I think it might have been Real Estate News Exchange. Um, but they were talking about uh, why we don't see as much um, multi-residential like apartments versus condos. Why condos are so popular right now, and and why. And, and the risk that condo developers take, and this actually stood out to me. The one, this one point stood out to me, and they said that developers they'll plan ten years in advance for this one project. It might take two years, eighteen months to, to two years to build the project, to actually build it, and then it could take another, um, you know, six to nine months to sell out or to to sell enough to make a profit. So the the, the time mm-hmm. on this is massive. Now the so I can see how, you know, cut down. Let's say, you know, let's just say generically a, a 50%. Uh, this a project is built in 50% of the time it usually would. That's that's a massive, 
advantage in the, in the developer's eyes for sure. Yeah, especially in the hospitality, you know, that's the the major uh, value prop that they that they see. Yeah. Okay. So, what is what does a typical day look like for you right now? A typical day essentially would be, um, you know, not to say too much, but it's essentially it's all encompassing to, um, you know, on on the proposal side to the design side to the uh, factory side to the uh, in the future the installation of the of the units um, it, would, it would be the full gamut of uh, you know seeing a project from inception to completion cool and so right now it's just a lot of planning or yeah planning designing proposals uh, marketing as well okay. uh, and also education too uh, it's essentially a new new form of construction uh, um, that sometimes architects need to be a little bit more educated on so that they can relay it back to their clients and, and the developer too to why why they want to decide and choose modular than, and then another uh, conventional construction method. Makes sense. Um, how permanent, uh, like the, the, the big thing I could uh, I could see being a, Okay, how permanent are, are would these structures be? Are we talking like like in buildings in place for decades, or are we talking stuff that's a little bit more transient? I think it would be the the, the former. So it's the the permanent uh, you know option that that you would choose to go with the, this modular concept mm -hmm. um you know not so much on the on the on the portability side uh, i mean the only way uh the only way right now that they're portable is when they're getting to the site right that mm -hmm. when they're on when they're on the trailer they get the site uh via flatbed and pretty much that's as uh, as uh you know portable as you can get so, i mean that you know you could come up with some other concepts with like maybe uh you know those those tiny home mobile trailers yeah you know you can have something along those lines as well. Um, but uh, those aren't the, uh, the, the preferred targets and sectors mm -hmm. um, or the kind of concepts that, uh, that at least uh, we're approaching right now. So will you be doing custom builds in the factory or will you have a range of products that you can say pick from this catalog and we'll build it for you? Yeah, so you know there are limitations to building out uh, in the factory uh so yeah we would have standardized design layouts and templates that clients can choose from um and uh, you know you also have to keep in mind the, the transportation logistics side of things that you know you can only you know reach a certain width that you can go down the highway right <laughs> um so we, we can't go fully custom but we can you know cater to different clients and their needs that you know that they mean that they may have Mm -hmm. For example, you know, uh, let's say like a hotel layout, they have, um, you know, a, a one-bedroom option and a two-bedroom option. We could easily provide, um, you know, clients with those uh, different suites in modular units. And then we also have capabilities to provide uh, stairwells, circulation spaces, um, and have it fully, um, uh, let's say, under one under one plate, under one umbrella, where we could provide the full build uh, of a building and not just a suite. Yeah. The so uh, obviously um, you see 
hospitality as a major target market right now. Is there, are you working on or have any, um, you know, plans right now for residential housing? Yeah, there are some prototypes that are, uh, let's say, in, in, on the uh, on the burner that are uh, mm -hmm. that are getting ready to get cooked up and uh, uh, get uh, get launched for for next year. Um, but uh, typically, it would be in the high volume scale factor of units, not so much on mm -hmm. the uh, on the one off individual suites or units per se. Yeah, yeah. multi residential stuff that can yeah, correct. Good for high Student density. Like yeah, student housing, uh, workforce housing, um, you know, anything that's that's high volume and, and repeatable is it would be our bread and butter. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I guess so. Like when you have, like you say, a set of standard um, design builds, uh, it's easier when you can put it together. In um, I'd, I'd be interested to see if there's an implementation for apartment units. Um, there's usually a yep. less customization, you know, that, but there's also more space. I can see where workforce or student housing, it's, it's accepted that you, you don't have as much space. So um, mm -hmm. you, can, you can do more with less, whereas apartments, uh, you know, they, they, won't, they need to be home still on some level. Yep, yep. Cool. Um, one last question, I guess. The, I'm in, when I was looking at this in prefab and thinking about it, it, it really, in thinking about the supply issue right now, mm -hmm. a lot of yep. it, particularly in Toronto, comes down to obstacles that developers run into with the city. Zoning is the biggest one. Also, mm -hmm. some developer charges, uh, neighborhoods. I guess you're probably not at that stage yet. You're still... Uh, you're not really in the actual construction implementation stage yet, are you? Uh, it's soon to be, very soon to be. We're, we are taking on projects and uh, looking to fulfill them for next year. So what are the obstacles that you're facing right now in general? Mm, I would say right now mainly the education and awareness piece. Mm. Uh, I think that's one of the major like hurdles or barriers or you know, tape that we have to cut through and, and you know, review to people that, uh, that that the values that we bring going by choosing modular, uh, you, you receive these certain benefits that we touched on before with, the, you know, the, the cost savings and the speed to market and the quality, right? Yeah. Um, and also the, the types of, um, you know, just keeping in the back of their brain, right, with architects, developers, and owners, uh, that it is a, you know, not just an option, it is the option, right? And I feel like that's where uh, that conversion from a option to the option is the education and awareness piece that would come into play. So, um, you know, one of the, you know, examples and how to, you know, maybe find a solution in, in that or provide the, you know, the education effort would be doing, you know, like lunch and learns or doing like educational seminars or webinars or uh, maybe some conference trade shows, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that, that's where I see um, a lot of steam and uh, a lot of energy could be, uh, you know, produced and, and, and ready to amplify the, the types of uh, projects that we want to take on. Cool. That makes sense. 
Okay, that covers it, uh, Temo. Thank you very much for taking the time to um, kind of explain what else Don, what you're doing, what else Don is doing. And uh, actually, I look forward to having you back on as, as things kind of run full tilt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, if, uh, you know, your community wants to learn a little bit more, mm -hmm. uh, they can always check out uh, Ellis Don's website, ellisdon.com, mm -hmm. um, or if they're interested in maybe learning a little bit more about uh, the events uh, in retail uh, solutions that uh, I provide under under my Leafbox uh, venture, mm -hmm. then that's leafboxconcepts.ca. Um, but yeah, it was a pleasure uh, chatting with you, Joel, and uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, connecting uh, back with you in the, the coming months. All right. Have a good one. All right. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Man, that stuff's just cool. Again, if you want to find out more, leafboxconcepts.ca, lsdon.com. But honestly, the best way to stay in touch, follow, uh, connect with and follow Tamo on LinkedIn. That's where I connected with him initially. And he's pretty active there, posting what Leafbox is doing, what Ellis Don is doing. So it's worth looking him up and sending the invite. This is the kind of thing that gets me excited. It's out of the box, pun unintended. It's out of the box, it's yeah, creative, but it provides a very practical solution to some you know, very pressing problems. So And Temo is constantly looking f out, looking further, thinking bigger, and then planning out practically how to get there. And that's, that's the kind of thing that, those are the kind of people that I love being around and learning from, absorbing experience from. It's precisely why I'm going to the Wealth Hacker Conference on November 9th. There's going to be a slew over a thousand people there who are looking forward, are building multiple streams of income in their life, building businesses, have built businesses from the ground up, have built investment portfolios from nothing. And they're just everyday people, but they've found some very simple ways to hack the traditional routes to wealth. Plus we have a uh, an array of fantastic speakers who highlight very specific strategies. There's not going to be a whole lot of generalization here. Erwin Cito brought in some very specific speakers to talk about some very specific strategies. And then Grant Cardone's going to be there as well. So obviously it's going to be very motivating. Sure, there's going to be some sales pitches. I don't know what business event you would go to without a sales pitch. But honestly, it's the connections with, you know, as many of the 1,000 plus other people, other wealth hackers that are attending that I'm looking forward to. If you want to go check it out, wealthhacker.ca, pick your ticket. There's a link to enter promo code once you do. Use the code REALWEALTH, all one word. That'll get you 10% off your ticket. So wealthhacker.ca, 
choose your ticket, enter promo code realwealth.ca. <laughs> Not .ca, just realwealth, all one word. Hmm, Saturday morning, huh? It's good. If you're going to go to the Wealth Hacker Conference, email me, let me know. Joel, R-E coffee at joelarnt.ca. There's where the .ca comes in. R-E coffee at J-O-E-L-A-R-N-D-T dot C-A. Let me know that you're going. Also, after just listening to this conversation with Temo and your imagination's been fired up, let me know what you what you envision this prefab and modular solution uh, helping with. How do you envision this technology being put to use? If you know of anybody who would love to hear about what Temo is up to, share this episode with them. I'd love to hear from them as well. If you want fresh real estate news every morning, subscribe to Real Estate and Coffee. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, uh, Stitcher, Stitcher. What's the other one? Spotify. Subscribe and you won't miss an episode Monday through Saturday. We're in November now. Happy Saturday.